Thank you, Misty. Thank you, Brother Mike. Go ahead and get in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. We are working our way through a Sunday night series on being wise in a foolish world. Uh, I acknowledge that um, Baptist people for a long, long time have really done a good job at getting the gospel out and a much poorer job at helping people live wisely in this world. And uh, I want to be a good balance in that. I want us to know the Lord and spread the gospel. I want us to understand how the Lord wants us to live, too. And uh, I believe it will make a big difference. My desire, as you know, is that all of us would be wise beyond our years. If you're here and you're a child and you're 10, that you would be wise beyond your years. If you're here and you are seasoned in life, that you would be wise beyond your years. We are in the block from Proverbs that I called Wisdom with Our Money. Tonight is our third message on that particular subject. Last week we talked about our wealth not being eternal. And because all wealth is temporary, God warned us about some things. He warned us to be careful trusting wealth instead of Him. He warned us to be careful trying to accumulate wealth quickly. He warned us to be careful what we borrow and from whom we borrow. He warned us to be careful whose debts we back. And I believe the people here tonight are the kind of people who want to be wise in God's eyes when it comes to handling our money. And it's no surprise in the book of the wisdom of God that God speaks often about the subject of wealth. It's important to us. I hope you grasp that any issue that matters a lot to us matters a lot to our loving Father in heaven. He wants us not only to be with Him in eternity, but He wants us to live a blessed life as we follow Him here as well. Now, most of us here tonight are familiar with the phrase, get-rich-quick schemes. And many of those schemes have been very successful. Rich and poor, young and old, obscure and famous people have all fallen for those schemes and continue to do so. And among get-rich-quick schemes is a a plan called called a Ponzi scheme. How many people here have heard of that? Uh, It all started with a guy by the name of Charles Ponzi. He started this in the 1920s, and he promised investors 50% return on investment in 45 days and 100% in 90 days on international postal coupons. He never even purchased them. He earned $15 million in less than a year, actually in six months, and when he was caught a year later... uh, the people only got $5 million back. He was charged with 86 counts of mail fraud, sentenced to five years in jail. And while he was jailed in the federal prison, the Massachusetts state took him to court. The case went all the way to the Supreme Court for double jeopardy, and he did another seven years in state prison. If you are not familiar with that story, how many people, I won't even ask that, Bernie Madhoff. A pretty famous recent name. They're actually making a movie of him right now. He had the most recent large Ponzi scheme. He built people out of $65 billion. $65 billion. He's now serving a 150-year sentence in jail. Uh, I say that to say this. There are a lot of people who want to become rich. But there are no schemes and plans to become poor. If I advertise to you, this is a sure way to become poor, 
you wouldn't come looking for that scheme. We want to get rich quick, but we don't want to get poor. Uh, did you know there are plans to end up poor in Proverbs? Sounds like a plan we should avoid. I do not believe riches are always a sign of God's blessing, nor do I believe that poverty is always a mark of the judgment of God. But I do believe if we do not avoid these things, we will end up poorer in life than we really need to be. If I ask you to raise your hand, if you want to end up in life poorer than you really need to be, there would be zero hands that go up. Sounds like we need to avoid these things, amen? Go ahead and stand, if you would, in honor of God's Word. This is the third part on our wisdom with money, and I just titled this, Ways to Have Less Money. Ways to Have Less Money. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Thank you, you might be seated. The charismatic movement that dominates most of the religious programming on television promises, in most cases, wealth to those who are faithful to Jesus. Someone forgot to give that memo to Jesus who had to send Peter fishing to get money to pay their taxes. Somebody forgot to give that memo to Peter who said to the crippled man, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Somebody forgot to give that memo to John the Baptist who lived in the desert eating bugs and wild honey. Um, <laughs> biblical Christians, because of the abuse of the discussion of wealth on television, and because of its abuse there, oftentimes refrain from talking about it. Uh, I've made it clear as we've talked about wealth that we should be seeking God and the wisdom of God instead of wealth, though having the wisdom of God does have riches and honor in her left hand. But here in our text, did you see how that started in verse 4? Riches profit not in the day of wrath. We are reminded that wealth does not help anyone on judgment day. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. You cannot buy your way out of trouble with God. What do you give to the individual who owns the earth? All the silver and gold is his. The cattle on a thousand hills are his. The earth and the fullness thereof are his. What do you give him to bribe him? Every one of us will give an account of ourselves to God for what we did with the gospel when we heard it. When God spoke to our heart about responding to Jesus, every one of us will give an account of ourselves to God for what we did with the natural gifts that he gives to every human being and the spiritual gifts to those he gives who are saved. We will give an account, but wealth, it will not help us in that day because God cannot be bribed nor bought. The only thing that will profit us in that day is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. For he, that's Jesus, became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The riches do not help us in the judgment day. They do, when handled rightly, help us in life. Riches are God's way of providing for us and for his work in our world. Remember, riches is not the same as being rich. It is painfully obvious that if we live in poverty... We will struggle to provide for our own family. 
will struggle to do much financially to help the work of God or to help those who have needs. Now, I do not believe that anyone should seek to be rich. I do believe that we should try to avoid living in poverty. Now, I realize that poverty comes on different people in different reasons for different seasons. And I realize that God often uses poverty to get people's attention and to motivate them uh, both in life or to turn to him. I realize that poverty in some respects is a relative thing. And, and there have been a lot of times in history when, when everyone was much poorer than the people here are tonight. By the world's standards, everybody here tonight is rich. But listen to me, no one dreams of living in poverty or remaining poor. And God teaches us how to avoid poverty by giving us the recipe for becoming poor so that we can not do that and take heed. What is God's recipe for poverty? What is, what is it that I need to avoid if I don't want to end up living in poverty? Go back just a bit. Number one to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. It says in Proverbs 10, 4, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Number one, poverty results from a lack of diligence. Choosing to be diligent is a great defense against long-term poverty. A slack hand is the opposite of being diligent. Proverbs 20, verse 13 says, Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Proverbs 23, 21 says, Drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. You see, not only is diligence one of the most important things we embrace personally, it is also one of the best things we teach our children and grandchildren whenever we have opportunity to do so. Now, I'm not going to spend any time in this tonight because we talked about diligence in detail when we were in our block and wisdom in our labor. But I will just remind everyone of this. The lazier you are, the poorer you will be in life. The more you love sleep, the more you will live in poverty through life. Now, there's a big difference in the work ethic, generally speaking, between those who do well in life and those who are poor and stay poor. If you ever want to see what I'm talking about, go soul winning uh, at 10 on Saturday morning in a neighborhood with nice houses. And go soul winning in a neighborhood that is primarily filled with people who have a lot more poverty at 10 and see the difference. One neighborhood, there will be almost nobody up and stirring. And you go in that same time in the other neighborhood and everybody's out working in their yard, their garage door is open, they're out doing this or that or the other thing because diligence affects our wealth. Now I think we should learn to be content with whatever wealth our diligence produces, but if you choose to be a diligent person with your eyes on Jesus, you will not remain in poverty. Would anyone who knows you well and understands what it means to be diligent uh, consider you to be a diligent person? One aspect of the plan to keep from getting poor and staying poor is to be diligent with the gifts and opportunities you have. If you end up poor, listen to me, you have less to provide for your family, less to give to the work of God, and less to give to others who are in need. Number two. Chapter 21. 
We're just studying the book of Proverbs. Now, I realize that a lot of this stuff is not rocket science. By the way, most of life in, in Christianity is not rocket science. It's only difficult to do. It isn't so difficult to understand. Proverbs 21, verse 17. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. Number two is poverty results from loving pleasure and celebration too much. Poverty results from loving pleasure and celebration too much. If you love pleasure, you're going to be a poor man. And wine and oil in that context are something that's associated with wealth in that, quarter, in that culture. If you love those things, you're not going to be rich. Uh, Proverbs 23:21 says, A drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. Listen to me, it is very different to enjoy the pleasures of life than it is to live for pleasure. We should enjoy life, but we should not live for pleasure. I hope you understand tonight that our loving Father in Heaven didn't come up with a system of faith just to make our lives miserable. We ought to be the happiest and most joyful people anywhere. In fact, Paul said in 1 Timothy 6 that God giveth us richly all things to enjoy. But listen, the pleasures that God intended us to have in life can bring us poverty if we get them out of balance with the things that matter most. In fact, the wise man said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. When you and I start to love the pleasures of life too much, we will begin to ignore other things that matter most too much. Listen, it is different to enjoy vacation and to live for vacation. It is different to enjoy your hobbies and live for your hobbies. One gives your mind and body rest from the weariness of being a productive human being and faithful Christian, and the other will steal your heart and lead to poverty. I think probably all of us over the years have known Christian people who didn't have any time for God because they loved their hobbies more than God. Just the other day I was knocking on doors on a Saturday morning, bumped into a guy who doesn't go to church anymore because they camp every weekend. Now, I love to camp. In fact, getting ready to go wilderness camping shortly in, in, in just a few days. Going to camp out away from everything. No running water, no outhouse, no, no anything. Just out in the middle of nowhere. Just uh, some fishermen and, and, and a handgun and the bears and hopefully some fish. I, I love to camp. But, but you know what? If you live to camp, you're headed for poverty. You see, the same could be said about every hobby, every diversion, every joy, and every pleasure in life. When we allow it to become our chief pleasure and purpose and desire of our heart, we're headed for trouble. Now, for the most part, I think we understand here tonight that the philosophy of our culture is to live to play, to live to party, and to live for the weekend. What I would say to you tonight is, listen, enjoy the week. Amen? Enjoy the weekend, too. Don't live for Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Live for the Lord. Uh, On Monday and and Thursday, there's joy and, and pleasures in life. Just like Saturday and Sunday. 
It is easy to justify living for pleasure when you can afford it. Because you begin to feel like you deserve it. And I think all of us could name couple after couple who no longer are productive for God because they now live for the pleasures of this life. And ultimately, it will result in their own poverty and the judgment and more poverty in life. Would anybody who knows you well consider you to be enjoying life or are you living for the pleasures of this life? If you end up poor, you'll have less to provide for your family, less to give to the work of God, and less to help others in need. And one aspect of the plan to keep from getting poor and staying poor is to guard your heart from loving pleasure too much. Number three, go back to chapter 13. I said poverty results from a lack of diligence. I said poverty results from loving pleasure and celebration too much. Number three, Proverbs 13, verse 18. Proverbs 13, 18 says, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Number three is this, poverty results from refusing instruction. A few verses early in verse 8, it says, The poor heareth not rebuke. Now we'll talk about hearing instruction more in detail when we get to our block on wise attitudes for life. But I do want to pause briefly here because we're specifically told that if we refuse instruction, it will bring poverty and shame in our life. Listen, whenever you or I get to the point in our life where we decide that we do not need to learn anymore, mark it down, that is the beginning step toward poverty. Now, we often link instruction with getting wise counsel from more mature and knowledgeable believers, and that is certainly true. We also link instruction with uh, listening to spiritual leaders and influences that God has raised up in our life. And that is also true. But we do not as frequently link this with how we pay attention to education of some sort in the course of our life. Children are first instructed by parents and then by others that the parents place them under the care of. Listen. If you're here and you're a child and you're still in school, you will be poorer someday if you don't pay attention and learn something. And that's true for children and teenagers and young adults and middle adults and senior adults in many areas of our life and in many, from many different sources. I'm not implying all instruction is good. Some is bad. In fact, Proverbs 19.27 says, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. Some is bad, but listen, if you are someone who refuses instruction, you are headed to extra poverty and shame. Can I say this? It cost me a lot of money because I didn't listen to my dad's instruction about how to fix things. Uh, when I became an adult and was married, I didn't know anything. Say so why? I didn't pay any attention to when my dad tried to taught me, teach me. It cost me a lot of money. It ended up costing me a lot of extra time, which is money. Because I didn't become a good reader until my 20s. Listen, if you are somebody who's in school and you refuse to pay attention, you are, will become poorer because of your attitude about learning. A disinterested learner is a part of the recipe and plan for poverty, and no sensible person wants that. 
I ever know anybody who's decided I don't need to know anything about computers? Listen, if you're not retired, that's dumb. And if you are retired, you know, that's probably not the best thing either. But, but listen, whether you like it or not, computers and smartphones and, and everything is going on a screen. Like it or not. And if you've decided I'm not going to bother to learn that, you need to rethink that. I'm glad for the people in my life who taught me about home and marriage and parenting and those things. I'm glad for the people in my life who taught me how to handle money, to take care of myself, to walk with God. I'm glad for the people in my life who taught me math, who tried to teach me English, who taught me science and those sorts of things. I'm glad for people who, after I was an adult, took time with me and taught me how to fix things. Uh, there was a guy uh, in, in our old church who lived a couple doors down because I was so inept at everything. He spent hours down there helping me. In fact, there's men in the church here who still help me at that stuff because I'm not well educated in that stuff. And it's my own fault. Listen, I grew up on a farm. I mean, tools and digging in the dirt and all that stuff. It was a way of life. My dad was a millwright. He, he's a guy that could fix anything. Uh, none of it came to me. And you know why? I'm not going to blame it all on genes. Some of it was just I was a blockhead. I didn't want to learn. And I'm just sitting, standing here tonight just telling you no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, it is going to lead you to more poverty if you decide to stop learning. To the degree I allowed myself to be instructed, I am thankful and I am poorer in some way Wherever I refuse to learn. Don't be one of those people who has to learn every lesson the hard way. Who gets too soon old and too late smart. On Wednesday, Jeremy said something to this effect. It is foolish to decide to never learn. Smarter to learn the hard way. And wise to learn from those who learn the hard way. Instead of going the hard way yourself. Did you hear me? It is foolish to decide to never learn. Smarter to learn the hard way. And wise to learn from those who learn the hard way. Without going the hard way yourself. Listen, every student here. You ought to do your homework. Amen. I'll say it when nobody else does. You ought to prepare for tests. You ought not to get C's if you're capable of getting A's. Every young person here, you ought to be listening to people who try to instruct you with the skills of life, skills for employment, skills to maintain a home and a car, if you have somebody in your life who can teach you those things. Every believer here of every age ought to allow yourself to be instructed in any area that matters because you have opportunity to learn. You will be poorer in life if you refuse instruction. Can I just say this? I love to learn. Now. I wish I'd have started that at about 13 or less instead of 24. But I love to learn. You know what? I love to Google it. I mean, you're watching television and something comes on and Google it. 
I love that. I, I, I love to learn. In, in fact, you may not agree, but I, I really believe one of the things that will make heaven greatest is the opportunity to keep learning. Can, can you imagine listening to Jesus or Paul or the apostles or prophets teaching us the Bible? By the way, don't think for a minute that just because you close your eyes here and open your eyes in heaven, you're going to know any more about the Bible than you know right now. Amen. It's just there, faith will become sight, and your teachers there will be flawless instead of flawed like the one you're listening to now. Imagine uh, Sir Isaac Newton, who is a dedicated believer, and Jesus teaching us physics, astronomy, science. Imagine the doors in the New Jerusalem open day and night to the entire earth, a new creation of God. Don't think for a minute that all you'll ever do in that day is be bowed on your knees before the throne of God. We'll do some of that. But don't think that in life we can be with God and in God's presence no matter where we are. And that in that day it'll be worse. What a day to explore the world and our entire system and the entire Milky Way galaxy with 400 billion stars, 100 million light years across. Imagine that. Learning. Would anyone who knows you well consider you to be someone who's interested in learning? You know, one aspect of the plan to keep from getting poor and staying poor is to be a lifelong learner. To love instruction. If you end up poor, you'll have less to provide for your family, less to give the work of God, and less to help those who are in need. Number four, go back to chapter 28. Aren't you glad to learn how not to become poor? Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19. Proverbs 28, 19. says, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Here's number four. Poverty results from picking bad influencers and bad friends. Did you see that there? He that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Youth leaders say things like, Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And we are keenly aware of the influence that others have on our children and teenagers. We are much less cautious, and wrongly so, with the effects of friends and influences on us as adults. A lot of adults are careless about the influence of their entertainment on their thinking and heart. A lot of adults are careless about the influence of their social circle on their thinking and heart and priorities. You see, we're too proud of our strength. We are so confident, we feel like we would never fall away. We'd never be carried away from our faith by people without faith. Listen, I don't have that confidence. I believe God when He says, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord. I believe God when He says that iron sharpeneth iron, and that if you follow vain persons, you're going to have poverty enough. Uh, I could name all kinds of people, students, young adults, and adults of every age, who because they pick bad friends and bad influencers, 
ended up someplace they never thought they would be. Would anyone who knows you well consider you to be someone who's careful about who you let influence in you? Look at chapter 19, verse 27. I quoted it earlier. I've got this highlighted in my Bible. He says in Proverbs 19:27, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Listen, there, there are some influences and instruction you ought to just shut down. Uh, I know a young man who was living for Jesus Christ, loved the Lord, and he decided that uh, he was going to make it his mission to constantly debate atheists. So he got on uh, the atheist website and he read all the objections that the atheists have to the Bible and, and to God and to faith in God. And you know what happened? Because he disconnected him from himself from all the other people who had enough seasoning to answer those things. He ended up away from God. You, you better be careful. You say, are, are you afraid of those questions? No, I'm not. I think there's people in here you need to learn to answer some of them things. But on the other hand, if you're not ready, ready to study and be prepared to answer, you better watch it. Would anyone consider you to be someone who's careful about those who you let influence in you? And as much as possible, we need to pick people and influencers who are taking us where we should go, where Jesus wants us to go. And to the degree we follow vain people in our life, poverty will follow us. One of the aspects of the plan to keep from getting poor and staying poor is to be careful who we allow to influence us. And if you and I end up poor, we'll have less to provide for our family, less to give to the work of God, and less to give to others who are in need. And lastly tonight, go back to chapter 13. I know you'd rather have a recipe to get rich. But the fact of the matter is, God didn't promise that everybody would be rich. But you and I can't avoid being poor. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 23, says this, Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. Here's number five. Poverty results from wasting some of what you could have had. Notice in that particular text, the poor person has food in their tillage that they don't get. In other words, there's things in their farm that they don't harvest. And the reason is it's destroyed for want of judgment. They don't know how to make good decisions. They waste some things they could have had. Now, for the most part, and I know in America we don't like to think like this, But for the most part, people who end up poor and stay in poverty do so because of one or more issues in their life. Sometimes they're lazy. And they choose to refuse diligence and they sleep away too much of their life. Sometimes they manage what they do receive poorly and they love pleasure and partying and squander their resources on short-lived pleasures. Sometimes they're poorly educated or they have few marketable skills that they've uh, honed in because they hated instruction and they still don't want to learn anything to rise out of poverty. 
Sometimes they've just surrounded themselves with people who cannot help them, who don't know anything more about God or life uh, uh, than they do. Uh, Though it's not mentioned directly in Proverbs, some who end up poor and stay in poverty end up that way because of addiction issues or mental issues for which they refuse medication. To those recipes for poverty, we learn here that those who remain poor make bad decisions and waste what they have. Let me ask you tonight, are you a wasteful person? No, I'm not recommending we become hoarders. Have you ever watched that show? And I think to myself, wow. I mean, some of them, I mean, they're hoarding filth. And then others of them, they're just hoarding stuff. And I think to myself, listen, we need to be the kind of people who throw some things out and give some things away. Um, Part of God's plan to keep from getting poor and staying poor is to be a better decision maker with what you have to stop wasting so much. Do you eat leftovers? I wonder how much that would change our budget. You say, well, hey, when I'm done eating, there ain't nothing left over. (laughs) Now, I'm kind of inclined that way, too, but sometimes I can't eat it all. Other times I shouldn't eat it all. Listen, this is what I'm talking about. I don't know, maybe you're not like this, but sometimes I find myself, I'll buy a new shirt and I've got like ten. I, I don't sometimes make good decisions at what, what I need. You know, and to, to the degree you and I waste what we should have had and could have had, it causes us to become poorer than we need to be. I, I've talked to a lot of people over the years whose family income is good, and yet they squander and waste what they have to such a degree that they barely make ends meet and they're up to their ears in debt. I mean, I'm talking people whose family income is seventy, eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars and they barely make it. Something is wrong. If you end up poor, you'll have less to provide for your family, less to give the work of God. And less to help others who are in need. By the way, that's the reason we get stuff from God. Now, if I went around and I advertised a get-quick-poor scheme, no one would be interested in what I was selling. And yet, sometimes we carelessly embrace the things that God warned us lead to poverty. And so I say to you tonight, to the degree you embrace any of those, please... Stop. Become more diligent. Enjoy life, but stop living for pleasure. Hear instruction instead of avoiding it. Be be careful who you allow to be the influencers in your life. Stop being so wasteful. Become a better decision maker with what you have. And though our wealth cannot spare us in the day of wrath, only Jesus can do that. 
It does help us in life. So let's heed this warning. Amen? If you would stand tonight.